Hey everyone, it's Ashley from Wholesaling Out of the Box. And today I am joined by Jacob McPherson and we are talking about motivation and finding your why. So we get a lot of people that come into this business and they don't really know why they wanna come into the, this business. They've just kind of heard, oh, well, it seems like I could make some easy money, which is not the case. And so the best way to succeed at anything is to know why exactly you wanna succeed. So. Jacob's a really great person to talk to about this because he actually started wholesaling, took a break and left and then came back. So I think um, this conversation will be a really interesting one. Um, so Jacob, why don't you just tell us like, why is your why important? And you can share what yours is if you want. Um, we don't have to get too personal, it's up to you. Sure. Um... So to answer the, the first question, why is the why important? Um, it's ultimately at the end of the day, that's what keeps coming back to the fold. So um, this business is really hard. It's really hard. And uh, I know that so many of us, right? We read the books, we listen to the gurus, we, you know, we, we watch YouTube and we hear, we hear all these things about all these other people doing deals um, which is great, right? I mean, that's awesome. That's motivating in and of itself, but that's only going to carry you so far because especially when you get started in this business, likely what's going to happen is you're going to start doing all the things that these mentors and, um, you know, all these gurus tell you or whatever you read in books, right? You're going to start doing those things and then you're going to start seeing the results and the results can be really frustrating and really depressing when you first start. Um, and even when you get a deal, there's, even when you get something under contract, there's still no guarantee that it's going to go to the closing table. And that's what happened to me um, the first six months that I started the business. I, I got in, I wanted to make some money and I thought that it was possible and so on. And I came and joined Wholesaling Out of the Box for the first time, right when Sean started up the program and Ashley came on board. And um, I did pretty much everything I was supposed to do. I could have been more consistent initially. There's no doubt about it. But I had contracts and they fell through. And after six months, I finally got to a point where uh, I was so frustrated that I just couldn't do it anymore. So and I, I was getting married in September. Uh, here it was June. And I was spending money on marketing that should have gone to the wedding. And uh, I'm sure that some of you can imagine how those conversations went at home. So, uh, <laughs> and my wife is incredibly supportive, FYI. So just to be clear on that point. Uh, but even the is, supportive ones are like, um, yeah. but the wedding. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, so it got to a point where it was really frustrating. It was depressing. Um, the emotional roller coaster is real. There were, there were a couple of highs when I got the contracts, but there were a lot of lows. And the why you are doing this business, that is when that is the most important it will ever be. Mm -hmm. And that is ultimately what is going to keep you going in the business. So my why when I first started was just like everybody else's for the most part, right? It was, I want my time and I want money. Uh, those are the two things I think that uh, almost universally everybody starts off with. Um, my why has shifted. It's no longer about the money. It is definitely about the time. Um, and the time for me is the time with my family. I want to be able to spend time at home with my wife and I want to be able to watch my son grow up and I want to be 
uh, involved in a part of their lives as much as possible. So, but that being said, please, please don't mistake that when you get into this business, it's still a lot of work and it's not a nine to five in the sense of you're not necessarily in an five, but I guarantee you, you are at least working nine to five and probably more likely more so. So the difference is, is that you get to set your schedule and you can play with your time a little bit more freely than what you can with a nine to five being in the office setting. Um, and that's the part that I really enjoy. So, and my why primarily centers around my family. Um, it's no longer about me and going out making, you know, six figures over and over and over again so that I can go and buy a plane or a yacht or whatever in the future. I would love to do those things, but quite frankly, the only thing I really care about is being able to get to a point where um, I just don't have to worry about the paychecks coming in. And when I want to go and spend time with my wife or my son, I can go and do those things whenever I choose. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And that's, that's an awesome why. And it kind of goes into mine as well. I, um, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast or whatever, but I sort of fell into real estate. It, I, I have a master's degree in history. It's not something that you would think translates super well, um, but it did. And I love my job and something now that I just love being able to have is that freedom, that flexibility. Um, I've realized I like being able to, you know, travel, I mean, pre-COVID, travel to visit my friends for a week and know that, okay, I can just work in the mornings for that week or, okay, they have to work Tuesday, Thursday while I'm there, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they don't have to work. So I won't work either. And being able to have that flexibility and how that will translate to, to one day, if I have a family and how that, that changes there as well. So I think, um, yeah, just that time aspect is something people don't think about. I hear a lot of people say they want to build generational wealth and that's definitely part of it. But in the end, um, you know, having money does make life easier. There's no doubt about that, sure. but just having that time too, and being able to pay the bills and not having to worry about it. I mean, that's really all we can ask for. Mm -hmm. Um, well, it's like when we do that exercise, right? Like Sean, I think asked me way back when, I think almost when I first joined the company when he was talking about the idea of like, um, or no, it was, it was uh, when I went to quit my engineering job, right? So I'm making uh, six figures as an engineer and I just left my job back in January for anybody who doesn't know. Um, and that's tough to walk away from. I mean, six figures and I was in sales. I practically set my own schedule. I mean, it was, it was a really, really good job, really good J-O-B. And a lot of people would be thrilled and happy to have that. And I was not <laughs> because I, I had no control, right? I was at the mercy of everybody else, everybody in that business. I was at the mercy of um, the, the various facilities that I was going in and working with and troubleshooting and solving problems and uh, having to get reports out and so on. And that was not a nine to five. That was like a 12 to 14 hour a day job. So the money was great. But when you have money and you realize that you have too much of a workload as well, and you're not able to go out and actually spend time with your family or friends or do the things that you want to enjoy, uh, for me personally, you know, that was when I realized that it's not about the money because it wasn't, I didn't care about the money. The, the only thing that I really wanted was enough to make it work. And that's what Sean asked me. Sean was like, okay, so, you know, everybody says usually, right? Well, I want to go out and I want to make a million dollars. And then you're like, okay, well, why a million? 
And most of the time, people are just like, well, that number just sounds good. Mm-hmm. It does sound good, but I can tell you right now that I don't need anywhere close to a million. So our number is 70 grand a year because that's what my salary was. That allows Natalie and I to go on a vacation twice a year and go out and spend time together and so on. If I can make 70 grand a year, set my own schedule, do the things I want to do and not have to report to a manager other than the awesome team that I have to work with here, that is that is where it's at for me. So yeah, really interesting when it comes to money and breaking that down because you think that it's about that when you first get into real estate and then you realize as, as the course of it goes on that it's really not. Yeah. And I think another part of that too is company culture. So I, I know a lot of people at bigger companies, they talk about toxic workplaces and things like that. And I know that's been, I, disclaimer, this was my first like big girl job out of college. So I was just very fortunate in that I have not had to deal with that. Um, and being able to come into a place that is open to ideas, everyone's great. I mean, sometimes you just get into arguments about the color purple and whether or not we should send mobile notaries places and shit happens. But for the most part, it works. Um, and and in that aspect of enjoying your job and knowing that that's part of it, that motivates you as well. So I, I think that's a good lead into the motivation part of it. Um, and like, how are you, Jacob, motivating yourself both on good days and bad days? Um, like mentally or physically, some days you wake up and you're like, yes, I want to do real estate. And other days you're like, I really don't want to work today. So how do you motivate yourself on both of those days? That's, those are good questions. Um, I mean, the waking up and having the motivation right when you start your day, that's almost self-explanatory. I think we've all experienced that. Um, Getting up and motivating yourself when you don't want to, that is the tougher side, right? Um, it's incredibly hard, you know, to, to wake up after you've had maybe two, three contracts fall through, maybe things aren't, just aren't going your way that day, maybe you had some other things come up, um, to tell yourself, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up and I'm still going to go and make three, four hours worth of phone calls and you know, probably get yelled at, screamed at by at least 10% of those. And, you know, those are, those are the days that are tough, but um, I think the motivation for me is it's two parts. One, it's the only way I'm going to get paid. (laughs) It's the only way I'm going to be able to continue doing real estate full-time, right? It's the only, only way that I'm going to be able to continue enjoying the lifestyle that I have now, which is great. Um, so that's a part of it for sure. But the other piece of it is, um, is really kind of being okay with that, having like a tough skin and just knowing that that is part of the business. So I think just having the clarity and the knowledge for me, understanding that it's going to happen. Um, I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, you see it a lot when you, you have expectations, right? You have expectations of yourself. Maybe you have expectations of others from time to time and those expectations don't get met right? For whatever reason. So, and then you walk away from something like that, whatever that situation was, and you're disappointed because the expectation wasn't met. So I think that going into that, for one, setting clear expectations of yourself and then writing that out as far as action items to do's and so on, and then checking those off and achieving those every day to me is motivating. Mm -hmm. So there's actually some science behind writing a goal down and crossing it out. It actually gives you a physiological hit of dopamine, which makes you feel good. So um, 
for me, that's where my motivation comes from. A lot of it is just continuously moving forward on a consistent scale, not necessarily worrying about the highs and the lows. Because when the highs and the lows happen, that's when I'm out of balance. Whereas if I've had a rough week or maybe I've had a rough couple of weeks, maybe the contracts just aren't there. If I'm still doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing every single day, I'm less stressed and less worried than the times that I'm not. And I think that that's a big piece of it is the consistency aspect of it. So to me, that's, that's the motivation. It's not the, it's not that big burst of like, I woke up and I'm, I'm ready to go. It's the, today's another day. This is what I do. This is my schedule. And I'm just going to go and continue doing that because I know it works. That's the motivation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said too, for knowing when to take a step back. So we talk about this, especially if you have a bunch of bad calls in a row or something and you're like, okay, if I make another call, my emotions are going to start bleeding into this and that's not going to be good for anyone involved. So I need to take a minute, 30 minutes, maybe even an hour because it's been an exceptionally shitty day or a week. And I just need to take that step back and knowing that in the long run, even though, cause I have trouble with this where it's like, well, then I'm losing that hour mm-hmm. to things that I could be doing, but in the long run, is it going to make me be more successful this afternoon or whenever, because I took that hour to take a step back, take a deep breath, decompress, meditate, stretch, whatever I needed to do to yeah. be able to focus better and to come back with kind of a clean slate. Mm-hmm. So I think that is, that's really important to know when do I need to take that step back? Yeah, that's a really good bring up. Um, and that goes into self-evaluation and growth. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing yourself and knowing how you operate as a person, as an individual, is something that people don't really talk about, right? I mean, there's books on it, of course, right? For you know, self-help, call whatever you want, self-improvement. Um, yeah, I can't tell you how many of those I, I read, right? But mm-hmm. um, doing that, trying to figure out like who you are and how you tick is a massive piece. For sure, because ultimately, like for me, it took me the longest time to figure out what worked, what didn't. And I'm still playing with it. I, I still don't have it 100%. I have it, you know, let's call it 80%, but I don't have 100. But the 80% works well enough where I'm successful and I'm efficient and that's fine. So I would love to get the other 20. If I get the other 20, holy shit, right? But, <laughs> but that self-evaluation and knowing yourself and knowing knowing how you tick and how you work, when to take a break, when not to, that is incredibly important, especially in this business. And maybe it's, maybe it's not just a minute. Maybe it's not just an hour. I've had entire afternoons where I'm like, if I get on the phone today, I'm going to, um, it's going to be bad. Right. Yeah. So sometimes maybe you just need to take a day, especially if you didn't have a weekend, if you know, if you didn't have any time to decompress yourself and recharge your own batteries, incredibly important. And it will affect you in this world, especially when you're in wholesaling and you're talking to sellers because sellers come along with a lot of shit in and of themselves. Yes. You know, not always. Some of them are great, right? But some of them come along with a lot of baggage and you got to be mentally prepared to be able to handle that. And mm-hmm. if you're struggling yourself and then you go and try to take on somebody else's problems, damn, good luck. That's hard. Yeah. And to keep on that, like, because sometimes I feel worse if I'm not productive So maybe it's not even that you need to take a step back from everything. Maybe you just need to take a break and say, okay, I cannot make any more calls this afternoon, but what I can be doing is working on this system or process that sort of is, I don't want to say mindless 
work, but there are some things that you, you focus on using different parts of your brain to focus on them. So being able to say, okay, calls are just not what's going to happen today. I need to do this. And this will still make me feel like, okay, I was productive and I got things done. It just may not have been in the same order that I originally thought I was going to get things done. So like you said, Jacob, just knowing yourself and knowing what you need at that given point in time. Like that's, that's really important. I'm, I'm a weird person that likes to lay on the ground. So there are just like some days where I, I am like, okay, I need a meditation, meditation session. And so I'll just lay on the ground in my office. It's got carpet and I'll just meditate for like 15 minutes to clear everything. And then I'm like, okay, makes me feel better. I'm back. Let's go. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That is awesome. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I wanted to shift a little bit into uh, goals too. So making sure that you're breaking your goals down into manageable pieces and connecting them all back to your why. Mm -hmm. So like some, one example that people use for this is like weight loss. So people will say, okay, well, why do you wanna lose weight? And eventually the the big why is that I wanna be able to play catch with my grandkids so that without having to stop and like uh, not being able to breathe and things like that, but just something like that, that's very deep rooted. So then breaking your your goals down into manageable manageable pieces, like how am I gonna lose weight? Okay, I'm gonna start by um, eating a little bit healthier and then I'm gonna walk like for five minutes extra a day or something. And then building that up so that you know that you have the stamina and the endurance to be able to play catch with your grandkids. So like, okay, this is the end goal. And this small goal is how I'm going to reach that. Mm -hmm. So Jacob, what kind of examples do you have of some of the smaller goals that you've, that are in your head that are getting you to where you want to be? Sure. Um, great question and really good, really good topic and discussion on this for sure. So we've all heard, I'm sure at this point, right, most of us at least have heard SMART goals, right? Um, I don't know what the acronym is, but I have a basic idea of how it works and that's what I follow. <laughs> so Ashley, if you could help me out, that'd be great. Um, so measurable, achievable. All right. So right? specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. Beautiful. Got it. So um that system is great that system works and the whole idea there of course is taking the big goals and then breaking them down into smaller bite-sized chunks that meet those criteria that you can try to achieve right so um i won't talk about it super in depth just because i'm sure most of you have heard it right but the idea of like okay well i want to do 15 deals um i want to do 30 deals this year right in wholesale okay so what does it take for you to do a deal right? How many calls do you have to make? How many property walkthroughs do you have to go on? How many offers do you have to make, right? So all these things, they are ultimately going to impact when you hit the goal, right? And we know that because we've broken it down. So for us, um, Ashley can pull up the KPI, but I think as of last month, my stats were somewhere along the lines of 474 outbound calls, cold calls, uh, lead to um, a closed deal, a closed transaction, somewhere along those lines, right? So to take that, right, if I want to do, if I want to do two deals a month, that means that I have to make, uh, what is that, 948 outbound calls that month, right? And 
If I do that, then in theory, based on my current KPIs, I should be able to achieve two deals a month. So that is what that looks like to take your bigger goal and to break it down. It's a matter of being specific and then measuring. I think for me personally, the measuring is the biggest piece. If I don't look at the goal every day and I don't understand where I'm at versus where I need to be, then my brain will just lose track of it. And I just won't, I like won't hit the goal. So for me, it's something that I have to look at every day. I have a bullet journal that I write in. I use the bullet journal system for anybody who's not aware of what that is. I wish I had it in front of me, but I think it's downstairs. Um, that keeps me on track. And that allows me to see what I'm doing every single day, uh, understand what the priorities are for the day in order to hit the bigger goal. Um, and that's the other piece of this is gonna be the prioritization of the individual goals, right? So we have what we refer to as big rocks, we have a really good podcast on this actually um, that we did uh, quite some time ago when we were reviewing the book Traction, uh, which talks a lot about this as well for anybody who's interested. Uh, that's by Gino Wickman. If you guys have not heard of that book, uh, incredibly helpful. Highly encourage you to pick it up. If you don't yeah, want and to I'll link, up, I'll link that yeah. specific episode in the show notes along with the playlist for the whole thing. We did yeah. it chapter by chapter and it is, I, I think it's really valuable to listen to. Super helpful. Um, and that, so what we do is we break down our company goals. We have business development meetings uh, twice a month and uh, we go through what the goals are, right? Where we are currently versus where we said we wanted to be. And then we talk about what it looks like, right? Are we failing? Are we behind the curve? If we are, what needs to be done? Um, or are we doing great and we just need to keep going the way that we're going, right? So if you're not tracking, you can't really have that discussion because then you don't really know what you're talking about. So measuring to me is the most important thing when it comes to goal set. Write down the goal, say what you wanna do, make sure that it's specific, right? If you wanna go out and lose 15 pounds, right? Okay, well, I know that if I go out and eat 2,400 calories every single day and I work out five days a week, I'm going to lose roughly two pounds a week. I know that because I've tracked it and I've done it. So being able to track it, being able to measure it, is incredibly important. And if you're looking at it every single day, it stays fresh in your mind. And that's ultimately what's gonna keep you moving forward on that particular item. Mm -hmm. And of course we all have the day-to-day -day that comes up and that's gonna be the part that you have to balance, right? And juggle. And that's, to me, the bullet journal is extremely helpful there as well. Because if I have a task on my to-do list day after day and it's there for five days straight, I likely will just say at day number five, I'm not getting to it. It's not a priority, clearly, because if it was, I would have already done it. I'm going to take it off the list. We're going to look at it again next month when I get to the end of the month and review my goals again. Mm -hmm. So, and then at that time, you decide whether or not it's a new priority. So things along those lines, having some sort of system, a way to measure, track, being specific, incredibly helpful when it comes to goals. Yeah, that's, that's such an awesome way to put it. And um, just making sure like you are keeping up with that and goals change and it's okay if your goal changes or if your goalpost moves, whether it's forward or back, but making sure that you set goals that, you know, you set some that are um, like reach kind of goals that, okay, I want to lose this much weight in this much time. It's probably not going to happen, but also making smaller, more manageable goals. Like, but what I do want to do is commit to eating a salad every day or something, something that is more manageable, but also having those reach goals too. Yeah. Um, I wanna say this, cause I think this is incredibly mm -hmm. important as well when it comes to goals and, and growth and self change. 
Um, a lot of the times, right, you have to you have to keep this idea in mind that it's not going to happen overnight, right? You're going to fail. You're going to go back and forth. But what happens is when you start to track this stuff and you start to give yourself achievable goals to hit, maybe you hit them, maybe you don't. But the cool thing is, is that when you don't hit them, then you get to go back and you're like, why the hell didn't I hit it? And eventually what happens is for me personally, when I was going back through my, I'll call it my quarter life crisis, because that's really what it was, right? I was 25. 25, 26. And I was in the working world as an engineer. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, right? I was in this three-year career that I wasn't really enjoying. And it wasn't until I started using a bullet journal, tracking my things daily, that my mind started to catch up with really where I wanted to be, like fully. And my body caught up with it too. So it was the idea of that by writing it down, by being consistent, and then by going back and reviewing, I was able to sit there and go, okay, I did really well this month. Uh, here's a couple of things that I missed that I could have done better about. But the main reason I want to bring this up is because mentally, it made me better. It made me stronger and got me to the point where three, four, or five years later, right now, it, this is every day. If I don't bullet journal, like I, I almost go crazy if I don't write anything down for the day. Mm -hmm. And the amount of productivity that I have now that I did not have five years ago is night and day. I mean, it's incredible. So picking the priorities and choosing one thing and being able to stick to that and keep yourself propelling in that direction, writing those things down is really, really going to help you and keeping them small. And what I mean by that is quantity-wise. So a lot of us will say, like, I've got 10, 20, 30 things that I want to accomplish, right? But the fact of the matter is, is that most of the human brains that are out there can only really focus on three to five things at a time. Mine, I'm like one to three. If I have three things in any given week that I want to accomplish, I'm like, well, shit, what's the most important one? Because that's the one that I'm probably going to get done. The other two are probably going to be a little bit sidelined. And that's okay. So just know that you're not out there to set a million goals under the sun. You're there to really focus on the one or two that you know are going to propel you and progress you where you want to go. Yeah, that's an awesome uh, point. Um, and just, you know, remember everyone, two steps forward, one step back is still one step forward. It may feel like you failed a little bit, but you're still making progress. Mm -hmm. Incremental progress is important. Um, and then I just want to end with um, something that is like a goal of Jacob and I have been talking about this for a while and like our motivation, part of it, um, not as important as family, of course, but like uh, we, we always talk about buying houses in like different countries. And then as like a company, we can go and visit Jacob wants a house in Italy. I want mine in England and then we can switch off. Um, and so just being able to have those goals too, it's obviously not going to happen tomorrow, but it's something that we're, we've both talked about a little bit. And um, it, it's very motivating too, because I, we, we both love to travel. Jacob's life, wife loves to travel, words. Um, and so just knowing that that too is part of what we want to accomplish or what you want to accomplish. It doesn't, that, that might seem like more of a reach goal, but having that kind of, that idea can help as well. Yes. Well, ultimately, right? Like, I mean, whatever profession, career, you know, whatever you ultimately decide to do, um, people say it all the time, right? But you sh you really should love what you do. You should have fun mm -hmm. with it. If you are not having fun, then guys, I mean, maybe it's just not for you. Yeah. So um, I wasn't having fun in the working world. And yeah. <laughs> <The working world. laughs> 
<laughs> so, well, I say the working world, and that's not to say that real estate is not a working world because it is very much a working world, but I enjoy it so much that it doesn't feel like work. And you hear people say that all the time every day, but my God, until you, until I made the decision to officially move on, I didn't really understand what that meant until I actually experienced it. And then once I experienced it, I was like, holy shit, I will never, ever go back to a nine to five. I just won't do it. I will not do it. I will figure out a way to make it not happen. (laughs) So, well, yeah, that's awesome. Um, anything else? Sorry, what? We're going to get those houses. Yes, we are. It's going down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we sign off on this one? I don't, I don't think I really have anything else. So to recap, I think the most important part of most important part of finding your why is understanding yourself and however you need to go about doing that, you know, whether or not it's journaling, you know, maybe just thinking, you know, whatever have you, um, that's the most important piece. I mean, finding your why is really more about finding out about yourself what motivates you individually and why do you want to do the things that you want? Why do you want what you want? And another great way to do that, Sean actually threw this up there, but if you're, if you're struggling to find, if you're struggling to figure out what it is you want to do, start by asking yourself the questions of what do I not want? Because I can tell you what I not want right now. And most of us can, right? Mm -hmm. I do not want to be 40, not able to go to my kids' baseball games or sports games, whatever they are, right? Whatever he chooses to do. I do not want to be the dad that can't be present because I'm off on a sales job that is halfway around the country. I do not want to be that person. So I also do not want my wife to have to work. If she wants to work and she chooses to do that, great. I do not want her to have to do that, to need to. So if you can't figure out what it is you want, what it is maybe your your individual why of what motivates you, maybe start off with the things of what you do not want. And I think that if you do that, that may be very helpful. Yeah. Wonderful thing to end on. So thank you for talking to me today, Jacob. Mm -hmm. And thank you everyone for listening or watching. Uh, If you could, please go ahead and check us out at www.wholesalingoutofthebox.com. We are on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, your podcatcher of choice. So please uh, like, comment, leave us a review. It's all very helpful. And we will see you again soon. Bye. Thanks a lot.